Welcome to People and Profit, I'm Kate Moody. Coming up, how to support female tech entrepreneurs. Digital Women's Day is helping new business leaders flourish in France, as well as across Europe and Africa. Is a four-day work week in your future? A successful test run in the UK could change the game for thousands of employees. And when spring comes too early, how unseasonably warm temperatures and climate change are affecting Spain's almond crops. The 2023 edition of International Women's Day has highlighted digital inequality and how innovation and technology can empower women and girls and contribute to economic growth. The UN, which picked this year's theme, says encouraging entrepreneurship can be a key step towards including more women in the digital economy. In France, the number of female entrepreneurs in the tech sector is increasing, but they still lag behind their male counterparts. One study shows around 27% of impact startups are currently led by women, but it's a higher percentage for those launched in the last five years. Impact startups are a fast-growing genre that focus on providing solutions to societal problems, especially environmental, educational, or consumer-driven projects. I'm joined by Delphine Rémy-Boutang, founder of JFD, that's the Journée de la Femme Digitale, or Digital Women's Day. Thank you for being with us on set today. Your business is described as an international growth accelerator for women. Concretely, what does that entail? Well, thank you for having me, Kate. Uh, what GFD means is probably more than Journée de la Femme Digitale over the last 11 years now. It's Joan Forces and Dare. And what we want is for women to dare more, to feel that they can innovate and they can start their own companies and they can also um, be part of this big picture of what technology can, can, can bring to the world. Your latest study does show an increase in the number of new startups that are led by women here in France. Why are we seeing that? So those numbers that uh, are absolutely positive and encouraging for the future, because uh, this study really shows about startup of impact, they're there. Women are in the place of where they should be, uh, because this is where investors are looking at. So impact is a very um, growing sector, uh, and um, and and. They, actually, they've always been interested in, in taking care of others, but today they're taking action, they're creating their companies, and investors are to, to look at that and, 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 and really invest in them. What do female entrepreneurs bring to the table that's different? I don't like to say that there is a, a, a female leadership, but I think, actually... Maybe there is. <laughs> there is something about us that is, well, first of all, different. We're very strong. And what we believe is that the power by itself doesn't mean anything. It's the power of doing that means something. The power of doing something together that means something. And that's also what this study shows, is that women are creating startups of impact, and they're doing it with um, their male counterpart. So it's a good news and it's, a, it's an information that men should take into consideration. We often say women are role model for other women, but I think women should be also role model for men. You underscore the need for more investment in women-led startups. 
But there's also a lot else that goes on behind the scenes, starting with education and policy framework that's really necessary in order to help, help support these entrepreneurs. Definitely. I think education is key. Uh, Sir Robinson used to say, to change the world, you need to start changing education. And, then, and I think you need to start really from the beginning to, to, to start with changing education and increasing young girls to be interested in those new technology. That's one thing. And then also you have, uh, of course, uh, regulation. Um, you have those quota that I believe in quota. You can't do without them. And you need to have to reinforce that. Um, so education, regulation, investment, um, and role models showing women who are succeeding, showing the difficulty they have, but also the success, the success they have. And that's very powerful for other women. JFD is also very active in Africa uh, in supporting the growing numbers of female entrepreneurs that are there. What kind of projects could, could you tell us about there? We sometimes forget, but Africa is the largest continent in the, continent in the world of women um, entrepreneur. It has the largest number of women entrepreneurs. In Africa. That's the first continent in the world that has the largest numbers. Um, so we need to you know, uh, be aware of that. Angola is actually also the, the number one country of, of, of that. Um, so with, there is a lot of women entrepreneurs over there um, that also needs um, to meet other women entrepreneurs, you know, to meet other entrepreneurs, to grow internationally. Um, and so that's what we do. We also help them with scholarship. We were talking about education. Um, we, uh, we help them with, uh, uh, with helping funding uh, the, the education in technology. Um, and we help them for their project to become a reality. So it's a lot of the same kind of, the, of support that French women need when they're launching their own projects. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, we all need the same. We need to be heard. <laughs> we need to be trusted. We need uh, to be um, uh, to, to convinced uh, that the world is going to get better if we are part of this, of, of, of this new world that we want to be better because of technology. Something is about to happen that is not very good for the world because, you know, we're talking about intelligence artificial and all of this, that if it's only seen by men's eyes, it's not going to be a, a, a good world that we want to all be living in. So it's, it's, it's urgent and we need to take action very quickly. The idea of investing in women, in women-led businesses, isn't confined just to Africa or France. It's really a global issue. Absolutely, Kate. It's a global issue. And at GFD, we're taking it in Europe, we're taking it, taking it in Africa, and we're starting now taking it with the Abeona Network in Canada, with the French Tech Toronto and Grand Paris. And uh, this study, um, Invest in Her, that we uh, did with, uh, in partnership with EY and France Digital is the very first study uh, of, uh, on the startup of impacts, but is the first study of many more to come. And I would like to have another study that is going to be an international study about this because this has never been done before. Delphine Rémy Boutang, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Kate.
Well, can working less actually mean being more productive? A large-scale trial of a four-day work week in the UK has shown benefits for both workers and employers, with about nine out of ten companies that participated saying they were likely or extremely likely to implement the changes. It's part of a broader re-evaluation of how work is done, with potential recruits looking for hybrid or flexible models and a better work-life balance. Charles Pellegrin is here with more. Tell us about some of the conclusions of this UK pilot program when it comes to workers specifically. Well, first off, the verdict is almost unanimous. 90% of the 2,900 workers in the trial said they would definitely want to continue with this schedule, saying their productivity has stayed the same or even increased. It makes sense when you look at what many got out of it. 55% said that working 80% of the time for 100% of the pay led to an increase in their ability at work. Stress was reduced too, with 71% reporting reduced levels of burnout. And over a third of respondents also said the scheme improved their physical health as they have more time for exercise and less fatigue. And finally, 60% of respondents also reported they were now more able to handle both their work and taking care of their loved ones. What about from a business point of view? Well, for the 61 businesses that participated in the trial, it seems like the experience was mostly positive. Uh, first off, they saw a dramatic drop in staff turnover, with fewer employees leaving. And when it comes to generating income for the 23 companies that supplied sufficient data, well, revenue was stable, even with reduced work hours rising 1.4%. 92% of the organizations that participated have opted to continue with the experiment. This is an increasingly international issue. What's next for the four-day working week campaign? Well, this latest uh, UK trial was the largest coordinated pilot program so far, and it added to other trials that took place in Ireland, Canada, and Australia, as well as other places. In total, 91 companies and 3,500 workers participated around the world, but that still makes for a relatively small data set. That explains why more programs will continue to take place in the coming weeks and months in places like Europe, Brazil, and South Africa that you can see in blue on the map here. Now, more campaigning will be needed, though, as some believe the trials to be self-serving, as they only involve companies that are already open to the idea of trying this experiment. Charles Pellegrin, thanks so much for that update. Almond orchards in southern Spain are covered with beautiful white blossoms, but they're blooming earlier every year as the industry deals with a warming planet and climate change. It's having knock-on effects within the agricultural industry, as Nicholas Rushworth reports. The almond trees here in Almoja in southern Spain provide a livelihood for hundreds of families. Local farmers, however, are worried about how climate change is affecting the flowering of the almond blossoms. There's been a change in the climate, and what this does to the tree is that it flowers earlier. The almond flowers, and when a cold day comes, it kills it. It freezes it. This professor of botany at the University of Malaga says the early appearance of flowers is out of sync with pollinators and so fruit will not form. 
When flowering is brought forward, which is what we are seeing also in many vegetables and plants, it's being brought forward so much that they do not manage to hold on until the pollinators appear. Bees are among the most important pollinators. If unseasonable weather affects flowering, it means no food for them. People working in agriculture have to be united because pollination is one of the most important things. Many crops need our hives, as in the case of the almond trees, where pollination is cross-pollinated. The more bees, the more almonds there are. Protecting the almond and other crops here in southern Spain is a huge challenge. Climate experts say the Mediterranean is expected to be one of the fastest warming regions of the world in the coming years. That's all for now. Don't forget you can find this and our previous shows on the France 24 website or as a podcast wherever you usually listen. You can also get in touch with your comments and questions on social media. Until next time, thanks for watching.